And you can do that, but like the whole power of ABM is like you're targeted and you're personalized, right? And that's the real value you get out of taking that personal approach. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and in these episodes, we focus on one of two things. We'll either be sharing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from a Flip My Funnel event, or you'll hear Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss how they're getting better in a specific functional area of Terminus's business. And remember, like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. I'm super excited for this series for next 10 Thursdays, guys. Next 10 Thursdays, you're going to hear the sessions that were played in Arizona at the B2BMX conference. And the reason is we're going to have a similar set of speakers and have all the great experiences that you're about to get a taste of for the next 10 Thursdays in Boston on August 11th and August 12th. We are joining hands with B2BMX and Petovitz Group and Terminus and Flip My Funnel. All of us are coming together and doing this big industry conference where marketing sales are coming together as one team and going to talk about phenomenal results that you and your organization can get. So I hope to see you in Boston on August 11th and 12th. And here's a sneak peek of the type of sessions you can expect at this conference. So here you go. So up next, we have a, a panel discussion. They'll be talking about the effects and the effectiveness of multi-channel AVM. And up here, we're going to have Sam Punanglada. She serves as the VP of Global Marketing at GumGum. Adam Goyette, VP of Marketing at G2 Crowd. Eric Martin, Senior Director of Demand Gen at SalesLoft, and Justin Gray, the well-known founder of uh, LeadMD. So with that, let's give them a big round of applause. Uh, I'm Eric Martin, Senior Director of Demand Gen at SalesLoft. I'm Adam Boyad, VP of uh, Marketing at G2 Crowd. Justin Gray, CEO, Founder, LeadMD. And Sam Punglada, VP of Global Marketing at GumGum. So um, I think we're beginning with our ABM journey and successes. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Hopefully it don't take too much of um, all my panelists' time. So um, our ABM journey started really rocky um, two years ago. We actually rolled out ABM and our sales team was just like, wait, what are you talking about? The perception was really good because they already had their set ways of selling, right? And with my company, um, it was all relationship-based um, sales. So um, I knew in the back of my head that I just needed one win, one win, and then everybody's going to follow speed, right? So we rolled out tier one ABM program, which was very time consuming, three months in the making, a lot of money involved, going after um, accounts that we never broke in before. So um, what we've done is that we partnered with the sales team, come up with 50 accounts, pick one. And when they picked one, we were like, okay, we're going to go after this brand. So I'm going to show you here how creative that first ABM program was. So we applied virtual reality into the program. And this was done by our engineering team and in-house, which um, they won the hackathon. So I'm going to show you, this is a huge retail superstore. I'm sure everybody has been in there. So I'm going to show you what we did. We customized um, hundred headsets, send it blindly out direct mail to hundred executives that we wanted to talk to. And this is what it looks like.
So one person got back to us. It was a chief strategy officer of Target. I was I couldn't believe my eyes when he emailed me back, wanting to meet with us. Was he the decision maker of buying advertising solutions? No. But we just wanted to be an influencer, right? So he just wanted to talk to us because we were innovative enough. And when they opened that mail, it was something different than macaroons, champagne bottle. I'm sure some of you have gotten those. Um, so for us, that was a huge success. Now, two years later, this is one of our biggest accounts. And they have actually referred us to the right person. And another one here, as you can see, already know the branding. Uh, we actually created a burger and sent it out to 120 executives that we wanted to talk to. And obviously, we got a meeting with the national team right away. And this is obviously talking about our core solutions, our technology, our data within each layer of the burger. So when they received this on this desk, um, they were very impressed by it. And the last one here, I'll show the video first. I'm not sure if a lot of you go after the automotive vertical, but it's very hard to break into. We created a actual arcade game, a driving game, and we put this at three auto agencies. We left it there logistically, a nightmare, to be honest. This was four months in the making. It was gamification. When you are taking a break, you can come play the game. There's points involved. You get prizes. So um, this was a most recent one. It was super successful. We've seen revenue generated right away. And again, um, these are our tier one and our tier two, which I'm going to talk about really quickly. Uh, we needed something to scale, right? We can't just do four ABM programs a year and then take all the resources. So what we've done is we scaled back three weeks in the making. Salespeople come back to us with three accounts that you want to break into. So we created um, all these mini ABM programs. You need to have a meeting set up already get this in front of the prospect or the client. And um, this is basically a glorified collateral you can see here. There's an AR element involved in some of them where you can use our GumGum app to actually scan some of the assets and things are coming into life, showing a demo. Again, this is just not leaving a notebook and pen, right? Going there in front of the client or prospect is a value, valuable opportunity for salespeople. So for us, this has worked really well for us. So this has been our um, ABM strategy moving forward. Sorry, that was a little long, but I'm going to let everybody here also talk about their own um, ABM journey. Well, I've got a couple questions for you, even just based on, on oh, those examples. Okay. <laughs> wow, like I, I, we didn't, we've never made a video game <laughs> or done a VR program, so that's pretty awesome. So, so how many total accounts were you aiming at with those three different campaigns? So those were one camp, uh, one account each. Got it. For those, so that's why it wasn't as scalable because. Uh, a team of 50 sales people. When is my turn, right? We're waiting four months for one of it's these. I love game. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the great thing was we're able to clone it because if they see it's the same vertical, like, can I do it as well too? And these these don't cost much at all either. So we were able to clone some of that even for the Japan or the UK office and been able to get revenue from it. Yeah. So I, I think that's one of the main challenges with with ABM. What, what you're, you know, that's a great demonstration of what I would call vanilla ABM, like that is the epicenter of ABM, right? Like you've got a, a number of accounts, probably 50 uh, or, or fewer accounts that you can really afford to understand at a granular level, uh, understand what those executives are going to identify with, put a lot of effort into the creative, thread that across your team, marketing sales, uh, ex even the executive team, and, and really approach them and get that conversation going. How many folks out there would consider that they have uh, a, a pure ABM play like that?
not a lot, right? Like mo most folks are somewhere in that gradient. Um, hybrid or, or even targeted demand gen is, is often what we call it. Uh, so I think that's one of the big challenges with ABM, operationalizing ABM is simply defining what ABM is going to mean within your organization. Um, and I think that's the unique perspective that we have. Obviously, we're an agency. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with LeadMD, um, we're working with customers that, you know, like a CPG um, technology provider that literally aims at 25 different organizations. They're all Frito-Lay and Anheuser-Busch, uh, where they've got long-standing relationships. They're, they're really leveraging that, that account manager's experience who's managed that relationship for 10, 15, 20 years. And now they're starting to scale that across the organization using ABM as the backbone. So how do we bring something that's a little bit more intentional there uh, and ensure that we activate the counterparts within their organization to the counterparts within their buying organization, all the way to the other side of the spectrum where you are dealing with targeted demand generation, where it often leads with something that's a bit more of a lightweight offer, uh, where you're going to be able to get that, that first meeting and then start mapping out that, that account in, in a more scalable way uh, and then move on to the next account. So I think that's one of the main challenges that you have to, to start with when, when you're talking about any ABM uh, go-to-market strategy or even ABM program, what flavor is really right for my business and then focusing on that data. So when you guys looked at those, those target accounts, how long did that take and, and, and how many accounts did you evaluate at that point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's probably one of the, the crazy ones. But what 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 we've done, the crazy part of it is that we only narrowed it down to 50 accounts. So like, for example, January 1st, it's already approved. We're set on these 50 accounts. Ten of those are brand new accounts. And that's how we go, because we believe that growing the existing client is probably a little easier than sure. breaking into a new account. So for salespeople, they just want to focus on that. They're going to they're going to talk to us when we can actually break into the 10 prospects, whether it's through Legion or other channels. So you started too. with expansion programs versus yep. acquisition. Yep. That's interesting. I think most people probably. And we were agency based. A lot of revenue yeah. through agency. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's a different model than a lot of like enterprise software mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. Yeah, so I think for, for G2 Crowd, we have the opposite problem, right? We sell to marketers, um, and so our salespeople yeah, that's, are... That's, that stinks, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so our salespeople are very well-versed in ABM and talking to everyone, right, and understanding, like, what every other marketing team is out there doing. Um, and so when I joined in June, they were craving, like, not just, like, building up and scaling demand gen, but like, what are we doing with ABM um, and some of the things we want to do? So it's like, we can't just boil the ocean. Um, so like, how do we actually start getting involved? And so um, marketing to marketers, uh, it's kind of fun uh, and the bar's a little bit higher, right? Like how many people just get like a, a random box of chocolates from a vendor um, every single like Christmas, <laughs> right? Chocolates, like, socks. Um, oh, socks, yeah, those yeah. are good. The, the best thing is the hat to the, the university you didn't go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I get ASU hats all day long. And nice. For a U of A guy, there's nothing that pisses me off. Anymore. Yeah, um, and so for us, it was like, how do we uh, taking a personalized approach um, and really hitting some of the message and cut through all the noise. Um, and I think I have a slide on yep. there if you want to click through. Um, <laughs> so here's like two examples of things we tried. Um, the one on the left is actually similar to what Sam was saying. We went after current customers and really just like, how do we keep kind of proving the value of G2 and making it kind of front and center for them? Um, you know, a lot of times the people involved in the buying process aren't the ones signing the contract for us. It's the CMO. Um, so we actually did framed prints um, and sent them to every CMO around the holidays. Uh, and it's actually a quote about their product review on G2 Crowd. So we went um, also not super like automated or anything like that. Um, and we actually pulled quotes from G2 Crowd 
got them all designed um, and printed and framed and handwritten notes and sent them out to every single CMO, uh, about 100 different accounts that we wanted to kind of continue and build that relationship with. Uh, and the feedback we got was amazing, right? Uh, and so the other one is what we were trying to for like net new accounts. Um, where we actually sent them uh, a pinata. And so that's actually how it gets delivered. It doesn't come in a box or anything. <laughs> so what's, what was inside the, pin, the pinata? It was candy and some G2 crowd stickers. Oh, you can actually cool. stuff it with anything, so. Wait, uh, how come I haven't got one yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to send pinata. You didn't make the list. None in our target account. So for these net new accounts, right, it was people we were having a hard time getting in front of. BDRs were doing outreach, not getting anywhere. They're sending emails, not getting anywhere. Um, and so we sent them a pinata. And the message was pretty simple of like, you know, beating this cute pinata is not as fun as beating your crowd on G2 crowd or your competitors <laughs> on G2 crowd. Um, and surprisingly, we got we sent about 50 to start off and we got 10 meetings booked with senior level decision makers off of that. Right. So just like creative personal ways and the other piece of this stuff is like i think everyone wants to automate everything right off the bat mm -hmm. um and you can do that but like the whole power of abm is like you're targeted and you're personalized right and that's the real value you get out of taking that personal approach it's not like you can just plug them in and apply your traditional demand gen strategy to the same audience and just put more money behind it right it's about being smart about what you're putting in front of that person Again, I think that's what's unique about ABM is it's, you know, really marketing's return to hyper-personalization and the ability to really interact one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, for, from our example, we run what, very much what I would consider to be a hybrid uh, ABM approach. As an agency, we're often prompted by, you know, hair on fire mm -hmm. problems. It's less about who's my target account, like a lot of uh, uh, organizations within, you know, the software and uh, hardware technology space are great uh, potential customers for us, but it's really about what is that catalyst, what's going on within their organization. And the best channel to that is often the CMO. So mm -hmm. what's crossing the CMO's desk at that time? What are they worried about? Um, and even within our current customer base, we find that it's hard to keep that engagement after that project gets signed and, and after we're in flight. Um, so we run something called Marketing Evangelist Network, which is actually a podcast that, that I run. Mm -hmm. But the focus is, is reaching out to those CMOs, getting them to come on the show, talk about what's driving you know, their organization, what their main initiatives are. And just through that conversation, oftentimes we'll find information that I can bring back to our delivery team, our account managers, and just start to have a, a better conversation with their their uh, uh, feet on the street, their, their practitioner teams about what that CMO or that organization is really concerned about. And are the projects that we're working on going to drive towards mm -hmm. those desired objectives? Oftentimes there's a big disconnect there. So even that, you know, ABM play, as we call it internally, really helps us to stay aligned to what the, the organization truly needs and ensuring that our, our project or our engagement is serving uh, that or organizational objective. Yeah. How about you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we took a little bit of a different approach. We tried a lot of the automation first, oh. actually. And, um, uh, you know, we, we did all the hard work of doing the, the total addressable market analysis, identifying the, the market segments that you want to develop. Uh, but we went right into, um, and I think it was a little bit of because of what we do, of course. We're, uh, for those not familiar, sales office, sales engagement platform uh, integrates with Salesforce and helps people be more productive sellers um, and, and personalize and deliver overall a better buying experience for your customer um, rather than, you know, the traditional spam email blast and see what, see what pops up. Um, so what, what we did is we took a more kind of product marketing approach uh, focused on developing um, personas, 
uh, primary personas and secondary personas. It's that kind of enterprise, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sales and marketing model. And we actually used our platform to scale and test um, uh, programs on those target accounts. So we, I think someone mentioned targeted demand gen. That was one of the first mm -hmm. things we do. Uh, LinkedIn sponsored content is the mm -hmm. best platform from my oh, perspective yes. when it comes to uh, targeted uh, ABM demand gen because because of that simple fact that when you build a campaign, you can actually just type in the companies that you want to see it, mm -hmm. and you can yep. control that message very tightly. Um, so what we would do is, for instance, when we get a new piece of content out, product marketing works on contextualizing that message for all of our different personas. And we actually have these things called snippets in Sales Loft that allow you to um, allow SDRs, our SDR team, to carefully insert those messages and personalize those. Hopefully, not to uh, Arizona State. That's right. You know, uh, but uh, you know, you know, go on LinkedIn. We have a LinkedIn Sales Navigator integration, and try to get those. Try to enable the SDRs because enabling the SDRs from a outbound ABM perspective is going to give you the biggest win. Uh, we did uh, invest in a couple technologies like uh, Triblio and Terminus, uh, which helped us with uh, personalization and advertising as well. So, um, you know, there's um, there's a lot on the automation side that you can do, sure. uh, but, but at the same time, we were still doing the vanilla ABM, identified those kind of top 20 accounts that we wanted to work with, um, and that was also successful. And so did you pull your SDR team off of those 20 accounts, or did you just simply have a different playbook for them? We had a different playbook. Yeah. We had a different playbook. I think the, 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 the challenging part for the SDR team was uh, we were in a, a round-robin model. No. Uh, and, and what happens there is uh, I, I try to, uh, you ever been to one of those sushi restaurants that has the <laughs> conveyor belts? And, and the sushi comes by like, eh, no. Yeah, I like that one. That's kind of what a round, round robin model does when you're in, a, in an ABM environment. Um, so we immediately were like, this isn't working. So they were just churning through accounts and weren't, um, uh, they weren't working the accounts that we wanted them to, they were working the accounts that they wanted to out of our target list. But the important thing was we were marketing using our channels like LinkedIn uh, at the same time running the same campaigns that they were using with their messaging to the same accounts. <laughs> so there was a tremendous amount of alignment there. Um, but it was a, there was a lot of work getting the SDR, SDR team up to speed. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so the second question was around measurement, right? How are we measuring all the ABM success? So um, within my marketing organization, um, we track everything in Salesforce, which I believe 99% of all of us use Salesforce um, and Salesforce campaigns. So we build the ABM Salesforce campaigns. And once there is an opportunity um, tied to that particular ABM program, um, then we track the open, closed pipeline, number of RFPs. We also um, track key takeaways from that particular um, program and how's that evolving? How did it influence? Was it direct revenue? Was it influence revenue? So we have all of that. Uh, we build a dashboard as well too. And for our um, ABM driven event um, campaigns, for example, like we had a ski house out in Vail. Um, every single person that walked through the door had a personalized um, gum gum AR app that they can actually scan assets within the house and it talks a little bit about our technology and all of that um, if they're going snowboarding the next day we also had a snowboard that was custom for them and obviously we had did some stalking on their profile with their hobbies like where there was um, a person who was interested in wine so the personalization comes in very very handy although it is a lot of work and we 
use um, Splash. I'm not sure if you are familiar with that. It's an event management platform. They just built out an ROI dashboard. I don't even need to look in Salesforce anymore. From the moment they RSVP all the way to an opportunity, I can actually see that in Splash. And my ultimate measuring um, tool, um, I wish I had one, but um, right now we had to build something in-house using Seros, which is online experience. If you haven't seen their booth, go take a look. Um, it was just more of non-boring way of delivering metrics in a report or a Google Doc, right? So we built this online experience every month showcasing our ABM ROI, which did well, which did not, all of that. So, um, you know, it's just something to get our sales team more, you know, having more excitement and fun and looking at metrics, which is a very boring thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's one of the, again, another challenge with ABM is that you're embarking on a program that's naturally going to yield results in a in a, a slower manner than yes. than demand gen or even targeted demand gen would. So when we're dealing with customers that have more of that true ABM program, we're normally dealing with three leading metrics. One, uh, coverage: how well do we have those those target accounts represented within the database, the buying committees within them? Uh, metric number one, right? And and often we find that although the account might be represented. The actual buying members are, are not represented as well. They're not mapped to personas. We really have no way to customize that messaging for their role. Um, secondarily, engagement. So how well are we driving engagement within those target accounts? Um, and thirdly, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, is something that we call penetration, i.e., how well are we getting that first meeting or first interaction within those target accounts? Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, you know, beyond the six, nine, 12 month mark, we start looking at things like target account pipeline uh, and, and target account revenue. You know, how well are we driving uh, the actual opportunity value and actual revenue value within that, that target account list? But for the most part, we're focusing on those first three, I would say, with with 90% of our ABM clients. Are those those metrics that you share with sales or, or are they kind of just really core? No, the, the, those are really metrics that drive sales. So yeah, yeah. You know, as, as you're, you know, let's say we're you know in January and we're being assigned that target account list, breaking it down, we are territory-based. So as they're looking at that target account list, they obviously want to know that 100% of those accounts are represented within CRM, and the buying committees, more importantly, are also represented there. Things like intent, one of the biggest signals for us, you know, personally as an organization, is turnover within the executive team. So CMO leaves, uh, or CMO starting to hit that stride around month three, uh, we really see a great opportunity to reach out to that account. So they're 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 monitoring how well is that that, that database, how, how how valid is it, um, and then how well are we consuming insights and, and engagement within those target accounts. That's something that marketing and sales uh, and even the executive team are, are hyper focused around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we measure um, when we look at what we're trying to do, right, is like we kind of took benchmarks before we kind of embarked on the journey of like how many accounts is each rep working, how many of those are actually engaged, how many opportunities are they generating out of that, what's our time to close, and then what's our average ACV, right, and kind of establish what those benchmarks were, and then we kind of started down this journey, and then we're benchmarking against that to understand, like, you know, are we getting people engaged? Uh, when they're engaged, are we helping create the pipeline and get the right people kind of on the phones, and then, you know, are we actually help closing open opportunities quicker from a marketing standpoint? Um, and is it for a higher dollar amount, which it should be, right, if you're doing kind of all these things. And so I think we kind of break our plays up in kind of those buckets, and that's how we kind of look at people um, in those stages um, as we kind of try to scale things out. So. You know, so, something you mentioned there is, uh, reminded me of something that we very rarely talk about, which is just really, you know, I, I don't even think there's a term for it, but essentially when you, when you have picked that, you've gone through your data exercise, Hopefully you've done that in a very intentional manner, right? Like who are these targets? Why are they a target for us? Um, you know, what are the buying?
design committees look like within. But ultimately, there has to be some curation and, and, and manicuring of that list over time, i.e., as we find out, well, they just engaged with a competitor three months ago, and they're in a 12-month contract. Or if you've got a larger buying cycle and they're, they're, they're in a three-year contract, right? Like, that, that's something that we just don't want to take up uh, the time and effort of our sales and marketing team. So there always has to be some sort of, you know, again, manicuring of that list over time to ensure that the, the targets that you're assigned are valid and can yeah. make a purchasing decision in the next 12 to, to 24 months. Well, I think the other big thing, too, is the alignment with the sales team, right? Just like going out and being like, oh, we're going to do ABM and like the sales team isn't involved in that process. Um is a huge mess, which you see companies do all the time, right? And it's like, why isn't this working? It's like, because your sales team isn't playing along in the journey, right? Like if nobody's picking up the phone after you're delivering delivering pinatas or custom snowboards and these things, like <laughs> then what are you actually doing? What are you actually helping influence, right? And so we meet with our sales team, like the individual to go through their book of the target accounts we're going after every two weeks wow. uh, and updating like, okay, here are the campaigns currently involved, right? They got this email, like what was the sales follow-up and we actually prescribe um, after campaigns like here are the four emails we want to send we write them for the sales team they can edit it if they want right um, customize it for their own voice but like equipping them with the tools to make it very easy for them to get involved and also i think they also then walk away with an understanding of like wow like marketing is doing a lot right to help us kind of cover these accounts versus if you're not doing that they kind of sit there and like oh what's marketing doing right they're just off you know building video games and, and you know playing with pinatas uh, so yeah that, that that's actually uh, i would say the one determinant that we use to understand if an organization is really doing abm and that's account planning like yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. that that very intentional sit down on on a regular cadence to go through what you know what are the recent changes what what do they care about what's the intelligence we've been able to gather how well is our campaigning or our messaging landed uh, you know are there new buying members of that committee that we've come to find out or someone turned over that that account planning framework i would say is is the linchpin of any good account-based marketing program yeah yeah we uh, uh at sales loft we have three kind of high-level metrics that we work with. Number one, of course, target account pipeline. Um, That's actually a metric that we share with uh, sales, specifically the SDR team, because without the SDR team, I mean, uh, you know, that's sales loft. There's a lot of sales happening. Uh, we share that metric with them to ensure that we are, like 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 you referred to, generating that pipeline and target accounts. And then there's uh, target target account marketing influence. So that's something that we actually we we use as a gauge to say how aligned are we with sales? Are the campaigns that we are executing going against those tier one and tier two accounts? Are we really concentrating our resources there? And um, uh, also there's um, the target account contacts generated. So that's kind of a maybe a long-winded term for MQL, uh, but we really don't use those terms at all anymore. Uh, target account contacts generated uh, or, or engaged rather really is a way to, it's, it's kind of that lead metric that executives are, are kind of still looking for to make sure that you're, that you're covering the people in these accounts and covering the right people in these accounts. Um, and you can even go deeper than that, and you can say, are you hitting the people that are actually on the opportunity? So, yes, we could be sending pinatas to a, you know, a bunch of individual contributors, mm-hmm. but unless we're hitting those key personas, um, then we're not doing our job. Um, so those are the three high-level metrics. Um, in terms of tools that we use to measure them, we've, we've, uh, for lower-level metrics, we've, um, we've used uh, Triblio to measure target account web traffic. Mm. Um, and when you use kind of that uh, target account demand gen program, you got, you got to make sure that you're actually getting them to the website. Um, uh, Terminus Account Hub has helped us to, um, formerly known as Bright Funnel, 
um, has really helped us to demonstrate to sales all the touches on those uh, on those accounts and those opportunities. They have a really cool kind of engagement graph that shows the life of an opportunity. Um, and I don't know if anyone has like a sales bell kind of channel uh, in their Slack where you see the the wins roll in. You know, the, the salespeople are always like, oh yeah, awesome, you know, great work sales and like all the, you know, great work SEs and, you know, marketing doesn't get too many shout outs. Mm-hmm. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but Bright Funnel, our Terminus Account Hub rather, is really what helps us to visualize that all the way from the sales manager level to demonstrate that all the way up to the board. Um, so, so I'm curious uh, for everyone in the group, has everyone rolled out a new, you know, let's call it scoring for, for the sake of using a, a, a known term, like, but that engagement, have you brought on a new tool that you didn't have prior to ABM in order to measure that engagement? Yeah, we've built out our tech stack quite a bit of like tools to help us kind of identify this, right? When I think we first kind of started and started doing a bunch of stuff, it was like traditional ways we were doing things and like quickly realized like, what a kind of headache it is if you're selling into a company like Amazon or IBM mm-hmm. that there's literally like a hundred divisions and a thousand contacts. Um, our account rep, I think, said he ran 250 meetings with IBM last year. 55 of them were in person. Like Isn't an enterprise. Fund? Yeah. Like, how, how do you measure that? Um, and trying to like manually go through and be like, you know, what emails do we send and what, what engagement do we get on these? Uh, so we've definitely looked to add more and more tools um, to add into the tech stack. Yeah. yeah for, for, I, mean, I, I probably tried it all in my past 10 years, um, um, but now with just a different business model that we have from enterprise and software sales or SaaS, rather to say, um, we just go straight to the salesman. Who do you want to talk to? Then I'll go find everything about that person. And that's the expertise that our marketing team does. It's just being strategic because we did, okay, what about this prospect? What about this prospect? This person downloaded content. Like, I don't care. It's cold. You know? Are so- you looking at those target accounts though at, at a whole and, and using something to measure how, you know, have they had those conversations? Or are they getting Yeah, so response? obviously um, through all the sales activities, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. we have a report, a dashboard that shows which are has highest engagement. I haven't looked into a tool, although HubSpot does do a lot of that mm-hmm. and alerts me if the top 50 account does have a uh, web activity or they open an email or a newsletter, whatever that is. And then we start to look because I felt like before I put a ton of time and resources just going out, finding needle and haystack, right? Like all of us do that. But I think what it really boils down to is the right people and the sellers know the best who to talk to. And if they don't know, then they will let us know and then we're going to try to break into that. So we're kind of doing the opposite here. It's not that we need 1,000 leads a month, but we don't because our business model is really about relationship and just going towards those 50. Yeah, one tool that we've actually used that's, um, is Google Data Studio. I don't know if you've ever tried mm-hmm. that, but it's a really great way to, you can pull in data from Salesforce and uh, Google Sheets and make pretty dashboards and stuff like that. So it really helps to eliminate the kind of manual manual measurement task. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the third question was around sales and marketing alignment from um, from ABM. And from my experience alone, I, like I mentioned before, it started really rocky. Um, now we're all on the same page because it's probably the only program that brings sales and marketing together, putting our heads together, talking about insights, talking about who we're going after. And for them, seeing how much work we put into the creativity of each really gives us more credibility because in marketing, you just go to fun stuff. You know, you have a budget to spend, throw parties, do whatever. It's like BMX. <laughs> you know? like so, so for us, 
it's really about building the relationship with sales. I believe in this external win for revenue, but for me, an internal win really is getting buy-in from the sellers, building relationships, and also when we celebrate success, we go big. And even if we fail in certain ABM programs, some do, they understand because they see all the work that we put in. We tried, it just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think on top of the, like the alignment piece of it, right. The other, I think like good measurement of like, do you have an engaged sales team that's bought into what mm-hmm. you're doing is like them coming to you with ideas, right? Like uh, if they're bought into like the concept and, and what you guys are trying to achieve, like I get probably three Slack messages a day now from a different rep, um, with a random idea of like, hey, have we thought about doing this, this right? Is Slack the best. Yeah. <laughs> the best um, and the worst. Yeah. <laughs> know, right? um, especially when you're at a conference like this and you have yeah. to check it all night. Um, I think I heard you buzzing a few times. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, staying aligned with the sales team and getting their buy-in. And then the other piece of it is like sales team, they are on the front lines. They are having those conversations. They are like, you know, positioning the product in a way that marketing might not have thought about uh, or saying it in a certain way. So I think like one of the biggest things I always do is just literally steal ideas from salespeople where I see like an email, like, oh, that's really clever. Like, I'm going to take that and now bake it into our program. Or I like the way you said that on a demo, right? So I think like aligning with the sales team isn't just about like, you know, the account planning, but also like aligning with the messaging of what you're putting out there. Because if you guys are doing one thing from what you're sending out and then uh, a rep picks up the phone or a BDR and it's a different story, a different track altogether, it's not a good experience. Yeah, I'd be curious to, to see what you guys have seen in relation to this as well. But like, I've never seen a successful ABM uh, effort or sales and marketing alignment effort that didn't start with the two sales and marketing executives. Yeah. You know, unless that's a top down, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're going to go to get to market and lockstep together. This is something that we need to do. Uh, we're going to reevaluate who our target accounts are and not just take sales word for it. You know, here, it, rather than here's the hundred accounts that we really want to penetrate, it's why do we want to, you know, who, what are the traits of our true target accounts and going through that process together. Um, I think that truly does start at the, you know, CRO, CMO, or whatever oh, you yeah. call your, your head of sales yeah. and, and, and with the strong sponsorship of, uh, ship of the CEO as well. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say CEOs were, we started with the top down um, and I don't think we would be successful mm-hmm. uh, with it without that. Um, I think for us, the, the really critical thing is, of course, regular check-ins, regular meetings, especially stay really close to the SDR team, stay close to the individual SDRs, the mm-hmm. frontline managers, the SDR director, or whoever, whomever you're, uh, you're the person in charge of leadership is, would be for that, um, and sharing metrics. Yep. I can't stress mm-hmm. enough, sharing metrics that you are both accountable for. There's uh, we have a, a, a dashboard that shows the shared metrics that we have, and, and nobody can run away from that. There's no runaround. We, we can't generate target account pipeline without sales. And sales can't generate target account pipeline without marketing, mm-hmm. at least not as much as they could if sure. we weren't there. Um, so we measure the contribution to each, but sharing metrics has been really powerful for us. With, with a proper expectation as well, right? Exactly. I think there's, yeah, I think there's yeah, a lot yeah. of misnomer around, yeah. hey, in three months, we're going to see a one opportunity in relation to this target account list. Yeah. And that's just, it, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for us, it's very interesting. Starting January 1st, our president who came to me is like, Sam, you go be the 
good cop, I'm going to be the bad cop. So every single account that is selected for ABM, they need to pitch um, with the president and CEO first. Tell me what the potential revenue is. And by end of the quarter, I want to see what came out of it. So I'm like, good. I'm just here to support you with the metrics. <laughs> and you go. Yeah. I'm not even in that meeting, yeah. uh, which is good because, like like you said, top down. And, and we're not no longer a startup before where they could get away with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So now we're just putting that on them. And we're just being the support. And coming from top, it's just like they can't say no to that. Yeah, yeah we have something similar with our sales leader. Basically, we meet with our sales leaders for each of the, the groups. And because they're bought in, they want to know, like, what reps are, like, actually putting in the work and following the programs and doing everything. So it's not marketing, you know, pestering someone of like, hey, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. So we report back, basically, you know, we meet with them every month to say, like, here's what's happening on these accounts, high level, and like, here are the reps that are doing it really well. And here are some of the reps who like just aren't following the process and stuff like that. And they kind of handle it, right? If they weren't bought in, they, they wouldn't do any of that stuff. So. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the last question before we can go to um, Q&A um, was around what are new tactics for this year and what's your goal? So, yeah. So in terms of the goal, uh, we've tar identified basically our accounts that we want to go after. Um, we've got some pretty aggressive like pipeline goals that we want to try to hit. So that's how we're really measuring uh, the impact in terms of like new tactics. Uh, we're trying a lot of different um, random things. Uh, we've done. <laughs> Let's all share. Yes. Yeah, so we've done things like uh, taking AdWords out on CMOs' names. Um, <laughs> I saw we, that in the previous presentation. That's such a good idea. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Because CMOs love to look themselves up. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> egotistical group there. Um, so I think we're just thinking through like what are some of the cool ways uh, using some of the tools we can do, um, whether it's custom landing page built specifically mm -hmm. for those companies. Uh, another big one for us is like buyer intent is a real big selling point mm -hmm. for us. Um, and that's great. And marketers get excited about that. But if they don't have the buy-in of the sales team, um, it, it kind of ends up being useless. Even if they sign a contract, right? They don't use it. The sales team isn't accessing it. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they're a risk for churn. Um, and so one of the ideas uh, of something we're going to be rolling out is actually like, how do we get those two parties together um, and speaking to us? Mm -hmm. And so with our buyer intent, we can tell you who's looking at your G2 crowd profile um, what competitors are being compared against, right? And that's like what every sales leader would want to know. So we actually are sending uh, the sales leader um, the, a screenshot printout basically of like, here are the 10 companies that have looked at your profile in the last 30 days, and here's who you've been going up against. And then we actually send the marketing person a guide on how to operationalize their buyer intent data. And the messaging is different for both with the salesperson. It's like, we also sent this guide to your marketing lead. Like, let's get on the phone together and figure out how we can get this data into your system, right? And so it kind of pulls the two together and it's easier to get them on a phone call for us. Um, and so those are some of the, like, the creative ways we're trying to get multi-threaded, which is another big piece of like, you know, the ABM strategy. I mean, we're definitely using new tactics and there's going to be new programs, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that, that use the, um, you know, the traditional channels like direct mail and mm -hmm. video games is a new one. I'm going to, I'm going to advocate for that. <laughs> um, but what we're really working on is he mentioned operationalization. Love that word really long, but it's, it's really, um, it's really important. We actually just invested in the uh, G2 crowd intent uh, data nice. and it's phenomenal, um, especially when you're in a market that's uh, highly competitive. Uh, like we are, so it really helps us to identify those um, those uh, those opportunities faster. Um, but intent data is so hot and popular right now 
you can spend a ton of money on intent data and waste a ton of money on intent mm -hmm. data if you don't operationalize it correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, getting that in a timely manner to your reps, making sure it's contextualized for them. What does this mean? So when I get this Bombora topic emailed to me, wh why did we choose that topic? Um, you know, what, what does this mean? They're interested in sales productivity or something like that. Um, so, you know, educating them, enabling them with, with um, you know, uh, we even have a, uh, we have our enablement team create, um, create courses mm. that they have to take in order to learn how to use this intent data mm. and, and respond to these, uh, to uh, leads that come in through our advertisements as well. So a lot more of that than I think uh, a lot new, I'm definitely going to do the video game. <laughs> Desmond? Um, so I think one of the, the, the true hacks to ABM, if there is one, is relationships. Mm -hmm. And so we've really started adding that as a component to, to target account research within our data science division. So not only researching who your target accounts are, why they, they should be a target, uh, and mapping those organizations out, but mapping the relationships that you have through your network, you know, primarily using LinkedIn, and then creating an amplification strategy via those relationships. So how can we get that intro or that referral uh, so that we can get that, that first meeting and then ultimately start running our, our ABM playbook? For us, um, our goal, we're launching 24 tier two ABM programs and our creative team is super lean. There's only two people. And um, with that, what I'm hoping for is half the revenue that is brought in is from prospects. That's going to be a huge win for me this year is being able to tell the sales leaders and the entire global sales team that we were able from you know, from our creativity and innovations internally, everything's done in-house, we're able to help drive those um, prospective clients. And then obviously keeping customers happy, using ABM is probably one of the things that we, we can't leave out of our strategy at all, because especially if they're going to events or coming out to website, um, I actually was at a booth about the, the bots, mm -hmm. um, which is great. If you're able to know that one of the top 50 accounts are on my website mm -hmm. and the bot can actually talk to them directly because we're just waiting for them to fill out the form. So those are the kind of tools that I'm looking at as well too. And last but not least, we're trying to eat our own dog food. We're trying to use computer vision, our image recognition tool, probably in our next campaign. So um, add me on LinkedIn and be sure to post on how that goes. Um, maybe we'll walk into the meeting and then they'll able to scan their face and have something personalized pop up, things like that. That's cool. Awesome. So I think this is great. Um, do you want to go into questions? Yeah, we have a few minutes. You got me going? Okay. So I'll start with the first question while everybody is kind of gearing up. You know, when we first started, the very first session, actually before the very first session, we had a hand-raising exercise. And it was, uh, are you starting a new ABM program or do you have one existing? Of those existing, how many are operating like really well-oiled machine, and how many are here to re-engineer that ABM program? And I think the last, the first and the last use cases are most interesting. I think they're that we could provide the most value to the audience. Can anybody offer any advice on one of those two use cases? You're starting a new program. What are the top two or three things that they should write down and look at on Monday? Or if there's a problem in the ABM program, what are the things that would be indicators as to a direction out? I can talk first because I think one thing we didn't really talk about much was the challenges, right? We're talking about the great stuff that's yeah, happening yeah, here. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so I think for us was just the communication throughout the entire process working together. Like right now we have like the perfect like formula, right? Working with sales, but where every single ABM program that went wrong, if I go look back, it was all about, oh, the meeting got moved. Oh my God, the, the contact that we're supposed to target moved to another company. What do we do? And why do we just find out now? Right? So a lot of work has been put in and I'm the middle person between creative and sales and creative they're just coming with beautiful stuff and they're, they don't know what it's like to be a seller right and the seller doesn't know what it's like to be a creative so kind of bridging that together now that we have a great relationship those challenges were really about internal not much about external was about how do we really work together and then also sellers coming to us okay where where where, where, where did they raise hand did they open the box like they're very impatient right with it so for us just really working together on how we could do a better job communicating with the timeline the messaging which obviously sometimes um, is a mismatch because we came up with some cool creative ideas but guess what it did not work or also, I don't want to blame the sales team on this, but we did go after one account. And in the end, when it got to the demo part, the tech didn't work for what they were looking for. So there also needs to be a discovery before as well, too. So we're holding a salespeople accountable. Marketing is going to do their job. You tell us and then we come up with what um, that would work with best. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would say on the whole, I would echo that sentiment. Very few ABM programs do we see fail because of messaging or because of poor target account selection, they, they fail because of poor alignment internally. A mm -hmm. um, lot of quote unquote pilot, we're gonna run an ABM pilot and you know that starts with, well, we, we pulled sales top 100 accounts and we're gonna use those and marketing got together and put together some messaging to, to, to run this initial campaign. Like that's a failure already. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, ABM really is a, <laughs> It's a mentality shift. I mean, it's a huge commitment. And, you know, just like, a you know, the relationship between sales and marketing is in any relationship. Like, that open, honest communication in terms of why do we need to change? Number one, like, benchmark your demand gen process. In most cases, it's abysmal. Um, and so, like, we have to get together and, and really say, like, we're not we're not cool with 1% or sub 1% conversion rates from marketing qualified to, to revenue. So we need to really re-engineer this entire process from the bottom up. Uh, it's going to take a while. It's going to be. Uh, it, it has to be delivered. Um, it's going to cost some money, but uh, the the result is going to be worth it. I think one of the other things is like starting small, right? Um, if you think about it, um, one of the first things you'll get when you sit down with a salesperson of like, who are the target accounts? All of them. Like, why can't we do all of them? Right? Like, why can't we just do this for all the accounts? Well, that's not really the way this works. And so I think it's a little bit of like starting with small and like Sam kind of touched on like getting those small wins and getting their buy-in to help kind of grow the program up. Um, if you try to kind of just take everything on at once, um, I think it's kind of a recipe for just a lot of chaos and like nobody's going to know what's going on. So I think like starting with some small wins and smaller kind of campaigns before you bake it out and mm -hmm. kind of build it and add a bunch of tech and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, you, you have to, I mean, if you ask 10 people in this room what ABM is, you would literally get 10 different answers. So like there's a huge internal education and, and, and learning curve that's, that has to be undertaken. So you just have to, I think, respect that. Yeah, yeah that, that's funny that you mentioned that. I think the same thing goes for ICP. I think mm -hmm. if you go and you ask salespeople what our ICP is, they probably all have a different answer. Um, you know, and all kind of the same, you know, directionally the same, but but what uh, establishing a target account program does is it is it crystallizes that. There's no ambiguity. Mm -hmm. So when people come up to me and they ask me what my ICP is, it's like, is the account on the list? 
because that's the account that's in our total addressable market that we're trying to bring in as a customer. Mm -hmm. And that makes things a lot easier. Also, just on the ground level, like get advocates in the sales organization. There's oh, yeah. always salespeople that are stars that, that really come to MVPs, marketing and yep. really want to be partners. Don't just partner from the top down, partner from the, the ground up mm -hmm. and identify advocates from both ends. Fantastic, guys. Thank you very much. Let's give it up for the, the panel here with, Thank with Sam, Adam, Eric. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.